This is the Wealth and Law Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of personal wealth and the legal landscape. We'll take a deep dive into relevant topics. We'll basically teach you what we know, and we'll engage with guests with deep expertise in their field. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and many more episodes. So please join us on this journey as we try to bring you relevant information that is both timely and important for you to know in order to engage in this area of the world. Welcome to the Wealth and Law Podcast. I am Brent Nelson, and per usual, I am joined by Rachel Sass. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm in Colorado right now, which means I'm freezing. I would say it must be pretty chilly there. <laughs> yeah, it's shockingly different from what I left. <laughs> you went from uh, upper 70s, 80s to uh, what high of 40? Yeah, yeah, 40, 30s, 30s, 20s, also those at night. Yeah, as soon as the sun goes down, it plummets, you know. Yeah. We're in the West, you got that dry air, so as soon as there's no sunlight, the temperatures swing dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Would you at least bring your your ski gear so you at least hit the slopes while you're there? I only wish I could hit the slopes, but I cannot, alas, I don't have time for it. See, I think that's where the planning went wrong, Brent. <laughs> you could do right. <laughs> you could do client meetings on the mountain. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's not a I bad idea. Get get the endorphins in so it's a good client meeting. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Meet down at the lodge for some nice spiked hot cocoa afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of all of the ideas you've come up with, this one is actually good. <laughs> Actually good. Oh, that makes Actually me worry about good. my other ideas then. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't take your advice. You you're you're about a week too late to influence my packing. <laughs> but I did have to figure out how to get uh, a jacket substantially larger than I'm accustomed into my into my luggage. So there was a bit of that. You know, it wasn't all lost. I thought about it. I think that that's the hardest part about when you travel to a cold, cold climate. It's just like, where do you even buy the type of attire in Tucson? Like, there's just oh, yeah. no place, right? Like, the, no one actually sells what you really need to go cold. So you have to, you so have to true. order it, and yeah. It's so true. Nobody actually sells it. You pretty much have to order it online. It's the only option. It's the only reasonable option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the trip. Next time I come. I will I will take your advice and I will plan skiing appropriately. All right, good. Can't can't miss out next time. Mm-mm. Cannot no. So yeah, but I do have skiing uh, booked for Christmas. Does that make you feel any better? Okay, back in Colorado. No, we're gonna be in Flagstaff. Okay, okay. So pray for snow. <laughs> uh, they may be getting some this week, but um, yeah, they haven't had a lot. I, I heard they're open. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of artificial snow, but um, the slopes are open up there. Yeah, that's not exactly what I'm hoping for. I am really hoping there's more snow of the natural variety before we show up. <laughs> it, it's the kind of place that it's not it's not that big anyways. You know, snowball's not that big anyways. So to go there and only have just like a few runs because that's all they can push the artificial snow onto yeah. is not too thrilling, but 
<clears throat> if they're open on Christmas, I'll, I'll be, it'll be fun to go skiing on Christmas. I'm actually looking forward mm-hmm. to that element of it, you know. Yeah. So we're taking a chance. Fun. We're going for it. There, there should be snow. There should be snow. I think there's a storm coming in this week, so we'll get some snow this week. You've got a couple more weeks. Yeah, it looks like uh, snow this week, and then next week they've also got another storm, if these long-term projections are to be believed. <laughs> so, you know, going to have two two good dumpings of snow. You can get, you know, on a, on a mountain like that, you can get a foot, foot and a half, maybe mm-hmm. even more, some good storms, so... That would be pleasant. Yeah. Get some fresh powder up there. Mm-hmm. I, I have PTSD from Snowball because the last time I was there was when I fractured my wrist. Oh, and I no. have not gone back since. I have not snowboarded since. So uh, mm. best I will hope to avoid sh- the same. Fate. Yeah. Don't don't find the ice. Don't find the hard packed snow. Go go mm. on powder. That is mm. a good idea. Okay. <laughs> That also is a very good idea. You're full of good ideas today, Rachel. Just, I'll keep them coming. You're slaying them. <laughs> you got to talk to me more. You'll start hearing more <laughs> good ideas. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, too true. Well, um, speaking of Christmas and uh, winding this crazy year down, uh, I thought maybe we could talk about our top five things that people should be doing before the end of the year. These, by way of warning, are mostly estate planning related top five things. So if anybody's looking for like exercise or, (laughs) you know, cut out sodium from their diet, it's not going to be that kind of a list. So don't be disappointed when you don't hear those things. But uh, I thought we would just sort of just run through what are the top five things. And these are the types of things that we have conversations with people pretty much every day and we're telling them to do. And there's a whole host of other things that are happening before the end of the year. But these are, I think, just they're well on on number one, they're sensitive to the calendar. But number two, they're just kind of easy pickings. It's like these are easy. They're kind of high value because they're you can get a lot out of them. But they're really easy pickings. Most of these are easy things to do. So. Yep, totally accomplishable in the next couple of weeks, even with crazy shopping and all the other craziness that comes at the end of the year. You can get all five done. Absolutely, if you want. All right, number one, in no particular order, so this isn't a ranking, but number one, make charitable contributions. If you're an individual, then you are on a calendar year for your tax year. And so if you're contemplating making charitable contributions because of tax purposes, you want to do that during the, the calendar year. That's when it's meaningful. But also, oftentimes charities are trying to raise money towards the end of the year. Sometimes they have programs where there's matching. You know, they have a, a donor who's willing to match if you make uh, contributions during their fundraising period, which again, oftentimes is towards the end of the year. You can kind of double up money that way. Uh, you can do some good for the charity. And in addition to that, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution from an IRA or 401k, a so-called defined contribution plan. Uh, And you could do that if you're over the age uh, 70 and a half, you could do that up to $100,000 and it's just pure deduction. It's not even treated as income, it's just pure deduction. So it's a high value, like you were saying, exactly, uh, Rachel. It's like, it's easy to do, you can totally accomplish it. And I'm quite certain that your favorite charity out there will be very pleased to receive your money. 
Absolutely. There's a lot more than you can do besides put in, uh, you know, that small change in the Salvation Army buckets at the grocery store when you leave the store. Um, and making these uh, gifts is definitely the way to go. I made mine this year to my charity of choice. Like you said, most charities typically reach out this time of year. It's the spirit of giving and the season of giving. And so if you can make the gifts, that's wonderful. And to your point, the qualified charitable distributions, that's just really awesome and kind of segues into what I would say it would be number two on our list, which is um, taking out your required minimum distributions. So if you've got an IRA, um, you can kind of check off number one and number two on our list here by doing both of these. So if you need to take your required minimum distributions out because you're over age 72 and you have to take a certain amount of money out of your retirement accounts each year, otherwise you're going to be penalized big time for not doing so. And let's say you don't need that money, you don't want to be taxed on the income, then you can make that qualified charitable distribution. The money comes straight out of the retirement account and goes directly to the charity. So you're not even counted against your income. You don't have to worry about doing a charitable deduction next year when you do your tax returns. It just goes straight to the charity. Super easy way to knock out uh, two things on the list. Yep. Two other little hints on the RMD front, the required minimum distribution front. If the owner of the account died in 2021, even if they died on January 1st, 2021, they still are responsible for taking out their required minimum distribution for the year. So that has to be done by the end of the year if it hasn't already been done. And so somebody who is able to act on behalf of the now deceased person has to make that withdrawal from the account. Otherwise, there is a penalty that applies. In addition to that, if somebody has died and they've left the account to beneficiaries, the beneficiaries usually have to start their RMDs by April 1st of the year after the year in which the person died. But that means if April 1st for you was 2021, actually in 2021, you have two RMDs to take out. The April 1st one, which you should have already taken out, and the December 31 one. So you have to remember that even though uh, you know, you've inherited an IRA and you were good and you took your money out on April 1 in the first year, that's not the end of the story. You gotta take out uh the you gotta take out the calendar year RMD for 2021 as well. And that has to be done by the end of the year. So a couple little nitpicky things on RMDs. All right. Let's flip this on its head. Number three would be maxing out your 401k. So uh this is possibly something that somebody would have already done, but some people wait. And so if you've been dilly-dallying and waiting uh, and you're in a position to max out your 401k uh, with what are called uh, elective deferrals uh, up to 19,000, I think it's 19,000 or 19,500 this year. Somebody can, can fact check me on that. Uh, if you're over the age of 55, there's some makeup contributions. You can toss in an additional $5,000, uh, but you want to, you want to do those. And and usually the sooner the better for those contributions. And because it's a quote, elective deferral, it means it comes straight off the top of your W-2 income and you do not have to pay tax on that money. It gets taken straight off uh, off the top of your, of your wages. So it's as if the federal government is uh, subsidizing the contribution. So you're not paying tax on the money going in. So it's, it's pre-tax money going in. So the federal government has subsidized what's going in. When you take it out, you got to pay tax, but uh, going in, 
you know, whatever your tax rate is, let's say your tax rate is 20%, basically the federal government is writing you a check for 20% of the value of that income that's going into the account. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. Definitely an important one to do. Um, like you're saying maxing it out to the full 19,000 or 19,500, whatever it is, and making sure that you're also maxing out whatever your, if your employer is also contributing to a 401k, make sure you're doing that as well. Don't, don't leave anything out on the table. If you can max it out and your employer is going to match a certain amount, make sure you do that because you want to get the full bang for your buck this year. All right. So going on to number four then would be making annual exclusion gifts. And so, you know, we talk about making large gifts. I feel like very recently we've had a lot of a lot of conversations about making multi-million dollar gifts to family, but let's not forget about annual exclusion gifts. So an individual can give up to $15,000 per person per year without having that count against their federal gift tax exemption amount. You don't have to worry about filing gift tax returns, any of that. It's just a super easy way to gift money to individuals. So if you wanted to give money to each of your children, you could do 15,000 each. If you wanted to give one child, you want to give it to um, both of them, you know, kind of do a little bit more. You can do 15,000 for say your child and their spouse. So $30,000. And it's simple. No one has to report anything. It's again, doesn't count towards your your lifetime exemption amount. So make those by the end of the year. Yes. And one little nugget that I tell my clients who are advanced in age, uh, I'll say, is if they are inclined to make these annual exclusion gifts, what they should do. So let's say they came and talked to me today and they said, yes, we want to make these annual exclusion gifts. Then I would say, fantastic. You should do that, do it in December, and then do it again in January because the annual exclusion gifts are done on a calendar year and you can basically double up annual exclusions in a two-month period and life being uh, both precious and uh, frail, you never know. So you never know if somebody's going to uh, pass away in the meantime and not make it to December of next year before you can make the the next annual exclusion gift. So you, you can double them up this year, basically get, get two in a two month span and then 12 months from then when you get to January of the next calendar year, you can do your annual exclusions again and you can get back on your annual calendar. But uh, just one little little nugget. It's not a it's not a, it's not a huge big ticket thing, but it's an it's a nice little uh, add on. And like we were talking, it's easy pickings. It's easy to do and it can easily be done in December and then in January. And one thing, too, with the annual exclusion gifts, you know, we've mm -hmm. talked to a lot of clients about, again, making the larger gifts and some clients who've never made a large gift, say, to to their their family members, to their descendants, may be a little worried. Right. They're like, hmm, you know, I don't know if how my kids are going to do with the money. And of course, you know, we talked to them about leaving it in trust. And that's a whole nother conversation about why we like to leave things in trust. But. These annual exclusion gifts in the grand scheme of things, if you're contemplating making a multi-million dollar gift later down the road, making a $15,000 gift to one of your children is a good way to see how they deal with money and how they handle money. So then later on, when you are thinking about doing the $5 million gift, you at least know, are they going to go and spend it on the Ferrari or do we need, do we actually do need to place more controls on this by making that gift towards an irrevocable trust? Yeah, uh, true. And then if you you think about that in terms of couples, so spouses, so they can do two. 
So this year they could do $30,000 per person. Next year it's going to be $16,000 per person. So they do $32,000. So they do $62,000 in say a two month span. It's a meaningful amount of money. And they'll, like you say, like they'll see how the child, grandchild, et cetera, deals with $62,000 of cash in their bank account uh, as a freebie. Do they show up with a brand new F-150 or do they show up with a brand new, you know, uh, Merrill Lynch account? So those are two possible outcomes <laughs> among the many. All right. Number five, last, not least, but again, it's not a ranking, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, number five is do people like Rachel and I and yourselves a favor. And if you have signed in the past a revocable trust, fund the revocable trust. Put your assets into the revocable trust. Assets that can be put into a revocable trust. So this is not going to include uh, your retirement accounts that you own. Uh, but basically everything else can be moved into the revocable trust. And you want to do that because the revocable trust really is not going to apply to you until it owns assets and you must make it own assets mechanically by opening up bank accounts or opening up investment accounts or deeding real estate or assigning interests in companies. And all of that is relatively straightforward to do. It's just a mechanical thing and you can totally do it before the end of the year. If you wait until the last week of the year, it's not going to happen this year. The banks are not going to clear those transactions if you're dealing with the bank. But um, if you can get it done in the next, say, week or two, it's absolutely doable and it's easy pickings and high value. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a lot of clients right now who I feel like they one of their goals is to finish their estate planning by the end of the year. And so we've got a lot of clients signing their documents. And that's wonderful. We're checking one thing off the list for them. Good. We've got your documents signed. But your documents aren't going to do what we want them to do unless we get your trust funded. We want your trust to really act how we, we've described it to you and have it be this wonderful vehicle for incapacity planning. And so you've got to fund your trust. And so, you know, on, on, on our side, we, we've done our part. We've got you your documents. They're beautiful. They're signed. They're crisp in your nice folder and they've been sent off. And there's an instruction letter there on funding all those uh, assets into your trust. So make sure, you know, go, go um, get your bank accounts in there. We always typically typically take care of our clients and in, in deeding their real estate into their trust. So we, we've got the one thing, but let's make sure we've got all your bank accounts in there, life insurance policies. Um, if we've got any other sort of di different assets we need to include, let's make sure it's in your trust because, you know, we did a lot of work and we, we contemplated this thing and we made sure we got it just perfect for you. So let's make sure it acts the way it needs to act for you. That's right. These trusts, they don't, uh, they don't, activate themselves you you really got to put stuff into them so and it's better to do it while you're alive you get all of the little nuggets and and fun benefits of the trust uh if you do it while you're alive all right well that's like i said that's that's the top five those are the easy pickings totally could be do could do uh uh this year before the calendar year is up and they're pretty high value asset uh, assets to have in your pocket so hopefully people will take that to heart and get some fun value out of it. Absolutely. You've got, let's see, how many more weeks do we have to the end of the year? We've got one, two, three, three and a half weeks left to the end of the year. That is a doable timeline. Yes. Just get, get, get your game plan this week and then next week before the holiday week, go ahead and start checking them off and then you're good to go and then you can enjoy the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
Another good idea. Rachel, you're killing it. I'm just full of them tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, per usual, it is, uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for doing it. Of course. Absolutely. Hey, listeners. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Rachel and I both really appreciate it. We've really enjoyed doing the podcast. We're trying to do our best work and bring you valuable and useful information. And I hope you feel the same way. And if so, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, uh, subscribe to our blog if you want to follow us and see the sort of things that we write about. And also follow us on social media at Wealth and Law, basically everywhere that social media is. Thanks so much.